Hello, and welcome to Tech, the Olympus NDT podcast. My name is Emily Peloquin, and I want to thank you for tuning in today. This podcast is all about NDT and about the incredible people that work in our industry. I've been in this industry for just over a decade now, and I'm still amazed by the incredible people that I get to work with and how tightly connected this community is. On this show, I have the chance to welcome experts from the field to chat about everything and anything, from challenging applications to new trends and even tips and tricks on how to improve your NDT game. I hope you'll enjoy the unique insight that our guests are sharing with us and that it will inspire others to also want to help in making this world a safer place. On today's show, I'm welcoming Erica Schumacher, Vice President of Extendi. Erica has a Bachelor of Science in Mechanical Engineering and a Master of Science in Industrial Engineering, plus over 20 years of NDT experience in both commercial and military environments. She was previously qualified as a test examiner in the military for PT, MT, UT, and RT. She also has over 10 years of experience with SIVA software, including teaching, dedicating training classes on its use. She's currently a member of the ASNT Research Council and contributor to the ASME FMC training manual that is currently in the works. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Erica. Erica, thank you so much for accepting this invitation. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Emily. Glad to be here. So as you probably know, the first question I always like to ask every guest is, you know, NDT is such a, a small and unknown industry. So how did you, and especially as a woman, we have to say, you know, how did you stumble across NDT? How did you find out about it? Uh, Stumble is probably a pretty good description. I got hired as a quality engineer for the Navy nuclear program, and they wanted me to go and understand the basics of non-destructive test. So when doing vendor oversight, you know, I could at least know enough to be dangerous kind of scenario. Right. One of the people in our group happened to be the non-destructive test expert, and he encouraged me to, you know, get fully trained to get certified and... Quite frankly, since management was a lot more used to him telling them how little people knew, they listened when he said, hey, here's someone that, you know, I think you should support training on. So prior to that, I didn't really know what non-destructive test was. You know, we've all been exposed to it, but I think most of us never heard the term before. Right. That's good to have a a vote of confidence. Uh, And so how did you start? What was uh, the the first thing you uh, ended up doing in NDT? Well, the first thing that I ended up doing other than, um, you know, some training and whatnot is I took the exam to go and be a, a test examiner in their program with, for ultrasound, which for ultrasound at that okay. point was two and a half days of written and operational testing. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. That's good. Uh, <laughs> it's not like that I passed the first time. Uh, my view at the time was... About half the people that took it failed, so no one was going to think less of me if I didn't. But since they didn't hire me to do this, if I passed the first time, you know, they take me more seriously about becoming non-destructive test person in the group. For sure. So you did? I did. 
Oh, nice. Very nice. (laughs) And then the next year I did radiography, and I think it was the following year I did um, magnetic particle and liquid penetrant. I see. So, so that's your your background. You were um, well in the both commercial, but also military, right? So you did NAFC as well as uh, uh, well. You were qualified NAFC and um, mil standard. Is that uh, yeah? It was the it the NAFC <laughs> one where there was uh, one mil standard that was for base material, and then there was a NAFC spec that was for the welding side. Okay, I see. Um, was there they, any? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say that these were all ones that the Navy nuclear program has their own qualification program. Okay. Uh, and, and part of the rationale was they wanted to make sure anyone that was an examiner was their version of a level three that they could do it hands on and not just pass the book work part of it. And was there any uh, specific advice that was given to you when somebody, you know, when, when they, they told you about NDT, was there something specific that they... I don't know, they t- told you like, yeah, you might like it because of X or maybe you won't like it because of Y or, you know, was there anything uh, in particular that uh, stuck with you over the years? The one thing that stuck with me over the years about radiography was being told that it was referred to as the art of film interpretation because, mm-hmm. you know, and this point was all film based that, you know, there's a bit of the, you know, the art side of how well can you see subtle differences and interpret them. Nothing about the safety concern? Were you, were you concerned about that uh, for RT? Uh, no, but in my case, I was mostly oversight on, you know, seeing how someone did a setup, not the person taking the shot. Okay. Uh, in, yeah. And reviewing film, you know, you're, you know, in a nice climate controlled room so that you don't damage right. the film. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it might be in a dark room, but that's about as uh, dangerous as it gets yeah, to exactly. stum your toe somewhere. <laughs> Um, and so, 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 and now, of course, uh, no longer in the military environment, but uh, you're vice president for uh, Extendee. And so, for our audience, can you describe a little bit what Extendee and also what what Siva uh, does, and what's the difference, let's say, between Extendee and Siva? Yeah. So, Extendee is the exclusive distributor of Siva, and our main office in France was founded in 2010 as a spinoff from the people at the CEA, which is the French Alternative and Atomic Energy Commission that do the actual software development. Okay. And yeah. so SIVA is the software which simulates a variety of different non-destructive test methods these days, uh, ultrasound, radiography, eddy current, computer tomography, guided wave, a uh, couple others. In fact, we just added thermography. What Extend does is we do most of the activities after the software is made. So we do distribution and sales. Uh, we do training classes. We do tech support. We have a consulting team. And in addition to that, which we'll probably talk a little bit later, is we have some non-destructive test simulators for training. That Those are products that are actually developed within our company at the offices in France. Right, right. Okay, so instead of having for for school, for example, to have to, uh, as we were t- talking about, just taking an RT shot um, or X-ray shot, and, uh, and and then later see the result on film, then the simulator would be um, well simulating <laughs> what it would be like with the different, uh, um, let's say, intensities or um, well, well, my 
our tea time has been that's been a while so i can i can so the different mrs and uh and uh, kvs and and so on so is that what's going on so you can visualize ahead of time um prior to uh to well without having to actually have an x-ray uh equipment yeah what we did with that one to make it as realistic as possible and still portable is we use vr goggles Okay. So in virtual reality, you start in your lab, setting up your part, putting on any image quality indicators, uh, any markers, etc. And then you virtually walk into the radiography room and wow, you, know, you choose cool. the source. Uh, you can adjust, you know, the height and the angle compared to the part and the detector and so on. And, you know, then at some point, everything looks good you hit the virtual test button and you get a virtual radiograph to look at. Very cool. And so, of course, uh, similar with uh, with UT, as you mentioned uh, as well, you know, without having a scope, you can uh, look at uh, an A-scan. You can look at the, you know, same thing in phase array and TFM as well uh, without having necessarily to have, uh, you know, the, 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 a transducer to, to a part, correct? Yes, except we went with a very different approach for the ultrasound one. Instead of using virtual reality on that one, you have a touch screen that shows you the image of the part that you're inspecting. So, you know, rather it's a plate to plate weld, uh, rather, you know, it's a casting or whatnot. And then you have a dummy probe and there's one for shear wave and one for longitudinal that you hold in your hand and you use on the touch screen. And that's how you get your simulated signal. Mm -hmm. If you want to, there's now a device connected option that will let you connect it to a scope. So when you're looking at the A scan, for example, you can be looking at a real A scan on, you know, on a, an actual piece of ultrasound equipment. Yeah, I've seen this working on the FX650 and I thought that was pretty impressive, you know, just to, uh, to without having to have the, that uh, big heavy uh, metal part that you carry around is basically it's basically an iPad and then, you know, a, a little transducer that you go on and, and put on the iPad, but it looks like you're inspecting the weld. It, it mimics like you're inspecting the weld and you see the signal live on the Epic going up and down. You know, it's, it's pretty impressive, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, I really liked it when I saw it. Uh, when I had worked in the Navy nuclear program, one of my roles was uh, training. I did more radiography training than ultrasound, but I would have loved to have had stuff like this when I did that. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And you know, that, that's that, especially nowadays, you know, I, I can see the appeal when, when, when traveling or, uh, or, or not traveling when we, we don't want to travel as much maybe, or, you know, now that the companies realize that um, with, with COVID that, well, we save a lot of money by not sending yeah. our guys left <laughs> and right. And, and so, uh, and so, yeah, you know, like having an option like that, that you can, you can ship really, you know, like very easily instead of having 50 different weld samples, weld coupons, you know, that are, you know, so expensive when you want to put flaws in them. Um, so I can really see that in the future, you know, some, uh, some, some training centers and some schools will want to invest there instead of in, in, in where you can always change the samples later down the road instead of actually, um, you know, purchasing 50 different samples, for example. Well, and the other nice thing, if you're teaching, you can actually have every student hands-on on the same test piece at the same time. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's true. And then you can can really see the difference between uh, every well, it, you they can even see I'm guessing uh, the the flaws in the part, which is never really an option. You can look at the key, you know, you can, yeah, and that's uh, you can exactly see what you missed. But. You can if you want them to, but you can also turn it off. So if someone's brand new to ultrasound, you can turn on an overlay that shows them where a flaw is. And so now at least they know what they're trying to find. Mm hmm. And yeah. if you have someone that's more experienced, you can turn that feature off just like you would randomly hand them a plate and a transducer and say, okay, I want you to go inspect this. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really cool. I mean, there's so many things like that where technology is, uh, you know, it's, it's a useful tool that we haven't really tapped in into our industry. And uh, VR, I think, is a, a great example. And so that's really cool that you can uh, use use this technology but uh but yeah something like the 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 ipad or the whatever the the i'm not sure it's not truly an ipad but the, the tablet like this uh in um and it uh, a fake transducer and that's uh yeah that's, that's pretty brilliant and i i really uh, am looking forward to see where that's gonna go uh, in the next few years well a few things that we're working on that aren't in the release version yet, but will be, you know, hopefully within the next year. One of them is having some exercises where you can move where the flaw is if you're in the instructor. Uh, say that again. I'm not sure I, I, I caught that. Uh, well, mean... the real part, whatever flaws are in it, they're there and the location is stationary. With yeah. this being computerized, one of the things we're working on is giving the instructor the ability to move the location of a flaw in the park. Oh, wow. I see. So if it's something that is like a fusion on the uh, on, on the wall uh, or on the bevel, but then they decide, no, I want to have like a ID crack uh, on the opposite side of the transducer because it's much harder. Like, is that, is that what you're talking about? They could move it around in the part in that way? Yeah, I believe we're going to be starting with plates. So, you know, it would, um, and I'm guessing initially we'd probably be keeping, you know, the depth and the surface and the orientation the same on it. But right. at least okay. that way, when someone's inspecting it, you know, what I found when you have actual test blocks is if you're limited on the number, over time, someone might know, okay, when I pick up, you know, block number two, there's a flaw in the upper left corner of it, I that see. kind of I thing. See. This is a way that no one can get that level of comfort with the test pieces, even with them being virtual. Right, right. Very neat. And how about for TFM? We haven't really uh, discussed this, but uh, you know, uh, obviously we've been working on some projects together uh, for for TFM because, um, as we both know, it, modeling is is crucial, really, when it comes to a, a TFM inspection. It, it's much harder to to predict where the beams are going with all those different modes of propagation or wave sets that uh, that we can use now like up to like 10 different ones starts to be pretty challenging um so how how does it work in um in uh, I, I know it's a different it's not on the tablet it's a different uh software uh or or version of the software uh but um what how does that work uh for tfm inspection well with the training simulator right now that's just your single and dual element transducers phased array is part of the in development okay so right now there's no tfm in the training simulators now in the siva software itself that's very highly developed with tfm and it's has yeah some version of tfm for i think a decade or more now 
So with that, you can choose, are you setting it up as just a full matrix capture where you're getting all the data? You know, can you do like you do with some equipment where you say, hey, you know, I know we want to, you know, have a particular angle that everything's based on. You can make those kind of decisions. You can choose which modes that it's going to compute and then see which ones work best. I see. I see. Very neat. Yeah, that, that's that's extremely helpful and you know really necessary because uh, again there's no way to to really know uh, because every flaw is going to react differently to different modes and or modes will different react differently to flaws I should say uh, and so uh, so that's crucial to be able to see it in advance that's really really good that Siva has been uh, working on that for so long yeah and what's But, nice is each of the past few releases has made what it could do with TFM type data that much more powerful. Like now there's even a sensitivity analysis that's uh, got added for all of the UT, but that includes the, the TFM part. Yeah, to, to be able to see which mode will be more sensitive to a, a given yeah. flaw? Is yeah, that, where it yeah. gives it to you as a color map. So it's not just a ray trace that it can see it or not, but a color map of you know how strong a signal you'd expect to get or not. Right, I see. Yeah, similar to, to what we're trying to, to achieve as well on the uh, the OmniScan uh, X3 and, and the, the AIM, the modeling, because, yeah, again, it's just no way to to know uh, by trying empirically. You know, you can have a, a probe on an actual block, but if you don't have an indication at every depth on that block or at every uh, orientation or, you know, different degrees on that block, then you really don't know if you're going to uh, detect it properly with uh, with the mode you selected. So. Yeah, and, that, and that's a good point, because one of the things you and I have discussed on the TFM committee is that even the same flaw, if it's in a different location in the part, you know, different depth, different orientation, that they can both greatly affect what modes you're going to want to use to find it. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's an incredible technology, uh, you know, TFM is, but there is uh, there is some pitfalls to be uh, uh, considered and, and aware of. And uh, hopefully with the with the, the committee and the work we're doing together, hopefully we can uh, make that message uh, as clear as as we can. <laughs> uh, but uh, okay, so g going back though a bit more to your to your career. Um, You know, I would like to ask a, a few questions about, you know, being a female in the industry, because, of course, you know, like, as we mentioned, we're and, and as we both know, <laughs> we're uh, in a highly male uh, dominant environment or industry. But it's I'm sure it was. Well, I don't know. Was it was it more uh, the case when you were in the military? Did you feel that it was a, even a greater uh, difference or more more male dominant in the uh, in the military? Surprisingly, I think they actually had a few more women in NDT in the military side than what I've seen commercially. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, it is still, you know, 10% or less, but commercially, I think we're at 4%. Yeah. Yep. That's, I think, the 2016, I think, was the last one. But yeah. Yeah, 4%. That's right. Um What, what, were, what was the most uh, challenging in that? Like, did you find it challenging at first uh, when you started? I know that if it was different a bit in the military, maybe you didn't feel it as much. But when you become uh, when you went to the commercial side, did you find any struggle there? Um, not too much. But I mean, most of my commercial stuff was 
tied with SIVA and simulation, one thing that sets Extend apart is having a measurable percent of our technical team that's actually female. So, right, you know, right. within the company that I'm working for, you know, we're way above the 4 or 10%. And I'm not sure what we are now, but at one point, I, it was roughly a quarter or a third of our technical team, you know, were women with advanced, uh, you know, non-destructive physics or other technical degrees. Interesting. And uh, do you feel like, oh, go ahead. Yep. Well, I was going to say, you know, one of the things that was challenging sometimes when I was working on the military stuff is a big part of my role was oversight. So surveillance and audits at vendors, surveillance and mm. audits at, you know, Navy shipyards and facilities. And, yeah. and in those environments, very often, you know, there would be either one or no women in the NDT group of the facility that I was visiting. Right. So you're monitoring or, or uh, overseeing just the, a bunch of men. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, like one of the places that I had been to a couple of times was one of the sub bases. And, you know, as a submarine base, no one in the crew at that time was female. And most of the people that worked on land weren't either. And I remember being in, you know, the daily closeout meeting. And, you know, I was the only woman on a team of, I think, 16 or 17 people that were auditing the facility. And there was another 20-something people from the facility. And, you know, I, I was the only woman on the team. Uh, other times, the team may be larger and there'll be a few other women on it, but it's still usually 10% or less that are doing those those quality and auditing kind of roles, even if they're not tied to the non-destructive test part. Right, right. Yeah, feeling slightly outnumbered there. <laughs> and sometimes, quite frankly, figuring out where there's actually a ladies' room gets interesting because when they don't have very many women working there, the, those can be few and far between as well. Yep, yeah, I've experienced that as well, especially in welding shops. It's like it, sometimes they don't even exist. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, definitely something that uh, we're slowly, slowly adapting to. Um, and and uh, do you feel like uh, as a woman, or do you think, feel like women have maybe uh, an advantage or or easier time with some? you know some particular task in uh, related to NDT because there's some cons but I'd is there say, any pros <laughs> yeah I'd say if nothing else if you get to um tight spaces I, I think yeah. you and I probably fit better in some of them like you know watching an inspection on part of a submarine for example <laughs> <laughs> right Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully, there's any any other pros because I know we've talked quite a bit about the cons, but I want to make sure that you know I, that that's one of the uh, I want to say mission of this show as well is like to to encourage uh, uh, people that aren't in our industry yet to to consider NDT and to to look into it and uh, and you know again you know four percent is uh, probably a number we can up a bit more easily because. Uh, I don't see any reason why there shouldn't be any more women. You know, I, I never understood really why NDT was so low uh, or or so male uh, dominant. And so, can you can you think of other? I mean, other, well, I mean, other advantages or? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. a lot of the advantages are not necessarily ones I view that are unique to me being as a woman, but are definitely advantages of it as a career. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, to anyone considering a career in NDT, male or female, I'd say, you know, you've got an opportunity to do a job where you're truly making a difference on this being a safer world. You're getting well compensated to do so. There's always new things to learn. You know, if you look at, I took my ultrasound exam on an analog scope with, you know, a single element transducer. And, yeah. you know, now we're talking about, you know, simulation of, you know, TFM with phased array ultrasound. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, there's always something to learn. And then there's also a lot of great opportunities on places I've gotten to go and things I've gotten to see with it. You know, I got to be a civilian guest on an aircraft carrier during sea trials. I work for a French-based company and, you know, in most years, I have a yearly trip to Paris that's tied to business. Yeah, yeah, that's not bad. (laughs) Yeah, I've gotten to see a large array of how things are made. Everything from, you know, things that fly to two being extruded, castings being poured, you know, cutting edge R&D at different laboratories. And I know I see that potential in this field and there aren't that many other ones I could think of that would be able to give you that big a mix of things. You know, and if you like one method better than another, you know, there's nothing that says someone has to cross train in, you know, three or four or five different methods. So. Right. You know, there's room to pick the one that is really, you know, your cup of tea and, you know, just become top of your game at that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we need we need more experts, too. And uh, we but but at the same time, yeah, there's there's a wide variety to to choose from. So that's definitely a big plus of uh, of this field of NDT. Yeah. And uh, so what other advice would you give to somebody who's looking into starting an NDT career? Uh, what else do you think it, it takes? Or or even like if you were to, because I know you were in that position before, but if you were to hire somebody today in NDT, what, what would you be looking for specifically in that person? Well, I would definitely want someone that has high integrity. You know, we mm-hmm. hear about different accidents that happen because someone did an inspection and you know, they mark things as being okay that it weren't. So that that obviously would be key. A general, you know, curiosity, a good ability to pick up new things because this is an industry where the technology is continually changing from, you know, year to year. And certainly if you looked at where we are compared to five or 10 years ago, uh, you know, definitely an industry where you need to be able to work both independently and as part of a team. Yeah, integrity comes back often, and I think, uh, well, I think it's it's a very good point because it's so easy to under pressure to be uh, influenced, and certainly don't want that. And you're gonna be against the flow, you know. You're gonna be making decisions that most people won't like <laughs> uh, sometimes. So that's definitely an important one. But yeah, it's true that being good with technology is, a, I guess, is, is another good one because that's. Uh, if you don't like anything about computers or, you know, anything about the, the curiosity of trying to learn more about about new technologies, well, you might find your time in NDT a bit long because it's going to keep changing on you and you'll have to adapt. And if you don't like adapting, that might be an issue. <laughs> well, that's great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Erica, for taking the time to chat today. Um, thanks for what you're doing and thanks thanks for helping 
in different codes and standards as well. Certainly appreciated. And uh, I hope we'll get the chance to chat again very soon. That sounds good. And I think we'll even get to say hi face to face in a couple of weeks at the ASNT conference. Yes, hopefully so. Looking forward to it. Same here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Thank you, Erica. This is it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Erica. As we mentioned, there's only about 4% of NDT people that are actually women. And I strongly believe that this could and should change. You too can contribute in multiple ways in encouraging women around you to pursue this field. For me, uh, it was a teacher, Ren Ernst, who sold it to me without even really knowing. So thanks, Ren. If you would like to hear more about SIVA and the simulations, you can hear Erica and her colleague Fabrice Fouché on the next ASNT Learn on December 9, 2021, called NDT Simulators Safe Hands-On Training Anywhere. And of course, if you or someone you know have a mission or a project you would like to share with us, just reach out by sending us an email at podcast at olympus.com and we'll be happy to host you and share your mission with our audience. As always, thanks for listening and for contributing to keep the world safe out there. Bye for now.